to the favorites, the podcast. Listen, Blackjack, what was your favorite part of Hamilton? I've seen it 19 times with each of my beautiful boys. Listen, Blackjack, we've got a lot to talk about today, but I want to talk about my kids. The kids that hate you? Maybe. Chad has seen Hamilton like like a dozen times. At least. Yeah. Have you it. ever seen anything a dozen times? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I've seen the Rocky movies a lot. Oh, wow. That is actually true. Yeah. Anytime you want to like do but a set, set of push-ups, you just put on the Rocky song. That's classic American cinema, though. That's not Hamilton. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You said Rocky's classic American cinema? Yeah. Is Wh- it not? Which Rocky? Listen, Rocky IV essentially ended the Cold War. It's it's I understand it's a it part of American War. history. It ended not the just Cold cinematic War. History. Yeah, I mean, he won one for yeah America. Listen, when even that crowd in punch, Moscow, even, even though his punches were like two and a half feet away from Dolph, when Lundgren, that crowd in he, Moscow starts chanting Rocky and he gives the speech at the end, draped in the flag about how it, if they can change and he can change, we can all change. That's when the wall fell. First of all, Dolph Lundgren was like 100 pounds heavier than him. It would have never been in the same fight. And the blows that they were throwing each other after, I know it's a movie, but come on, bro. Do you? Because you're talking no, no, you're about it like American it's real. Classic. I love Rocky, but it only comes to the music. Like when you want to get like pumped up and he starts training. Like one of the best lines ever is when his wife comes out of the coma and says, win. Yeah, it, it's and then and then obviously, what are we waiting for? The that's only like one of the time, best lines ever. That's the only time in their relationship me, like, she's Dolph ever Lundgren. supportive. Adrian Balboa is the worst wife she want, of all time because she doesn't want to get her husband killed in, in the ring. Every movie, it's you can't win. She you wo- can't do it. She works. She takes care of pi- uh, fish at a pet shop. She's not worried about her. She's worried about her husband's health. Okay, not his mental health. All right, welcome to the favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we have a lot to talk that, about Are you saying that Sylvester Stallone is unstable? No, I w- I'm talking about Rocky Balboa Not Sylvester Stallone, oh, okay. they're two different people I'm sorry There's a statue of Rocky Balboa in Philadelphia Not Sylvester Stallone, figure it out There's a statue of Rocky Balboa In our office There is? Oh, there's a rug of, There's a rug of, in our office, a Philadelphia rug You mean the Eagles? Oh, Eagles rug, yeah, sorry Okay Moving right along, uh, Paulie, what, what do you say we start with some NBA playoff talk? Okay, sounds great. Okay, sounds absolutely wonderful. Let's <laughs> dive right in head first. <laughs> let's stick with the Philadelphia theme and talk about the Sixers and Raptors. Oh, my God. What's going to happen this time? Is Joel Embiid going to have, like, a, a steebing? A what? Oh, I forget that meant. Bee sting. A bee? Did you say steebing? Yeah. Wow. It's been a long day, Jesus. people. I, I was on the 5 o'clock train. Leave me alone. Um, so the Sixers have tied the series up at one game apiece behind Jimmy Butler uh, oh and a great performance in game two. Love it. Fair for Jimmy Butler. Paul, it's a fact. He had a great game. It doesn't matter. You still want to make love to him. That, that's a fact if he had a great game or not. It's all it is. Jimmy Butler. It's 2019, Jimmy Paul. Butler. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Does Jimmy Butler stare at J.J. Reddick's tattoos? Oh, they're so sexy. 
I have. And you saying that no J.J. Idea. Redick is part of one What's of the top. No, no, because right you, you came out last week saying that J.J. Redick is part of the best starting five in the league. J.J. Yeah, Redick has never been a part of starting five, any part, great part of starting five, okay? He's the least of the starting five. What about when he was at Duke? He stunk at Duke. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yes, he did. What did he bring Duke? He was like the ACC's leading three-point shooter for years. What did he bring to Duke? Three-point shooting. That's it. Do you watch He's the NBA half, today? Half the player, Christian Leitner. It's a shame that Christian Leitner got to get had to get drafted. Oh God, it's half the player. Half the player. Come on, don't get me started on JJ Redick. Give me a break. Just because a guy can shoot a thirty footer doesn't mean he's a good player. I really don't know what to do here. I can shoot a thirty footer um, all day long. No, you couldn't. Yes, I could all day long. 100%. If I didn't have to play defense or nothing else, I'll drill 30 If footers. I take you to a basketball court and put you at 30 Don't feet. Don't challenge me, Blackjack. How many out Don't of 10 me. are you making? Don't challenge how me. How many? Don't out challenge of 10. me. Because I've watched baseball right now. I'd hit 260 with my eyes closed. I'm not talking Don't about baseball. Me. What do you mean? 30 footers out if of 10? If I put you at 30 feet on a basketball court Nobody give you in 10 my shots face? uncontested, how many out of 10 are you making? Nobody in my face? Uncontested. Nobody in my face. That's what uncontested means. <laughs> I know. I'm talking shouting, all that kind of stuff. Nobody in your face. Seven, easy. You're making seven out of ten. Easy. We're doing this show next week from a basketball court. <laughs> There's no fucking way you're making seven out of ten from 30 feet. You can't even reach the rim seven well, out of ten times. You want to go to height jokes? We don't need height jokes. What are you talking about? What does that have to do with me getting it up to the rim? Holy shit. Do you understand I was a professional You're not athlete? making I'm not more saying, than three. I'm not saying that... You're out of your mind. If I don't make more than three, I'll pay your rent for the next four Ryan's years. three and that? a half. What? Three and a half. Can I please go to the bank and drop all my money? All right. <laughs> can, we, can we get back to the NBA playoffs? Three and a half. Is there anything you my saw? My name is, last name is not Ravel. Okay? Next. Is there anything you saw from the Sixers in game two that makes you think they have a chance to win this series? No. Joel Embiid runs like my father, like I said. How old is your dad, by the way? 77. Okay. J.J. Redick stinks. He stinks. What about Jimmy Butler? He stinks. Jimmy Butler stinks? No. He's the only player they got. It's the only one you have a love affair what with. What about Tobias Harris? He's been hot and cold. Ben Simmons? Uh, does he sh- shoot with the left hand? Right now, I've asked you this a million times. I don't even know what hand you guys shoots with. First of all. Answer, neither. Neither. <laughs> Can't shoot. But you're the best starting five in the playoffs, according in, to Blackjack. In the league. In the league. God, you need help. That's, me telling you you need help means you really need help. All right, so Paul has really no opinion on that series. Um, Celtics-Bucks, how about that? 1-1 one, one there. Both teams with blowout wins. Yes. What thoughts do you have going back to Boston for game three with the Celtics a one-and-a-half-point favorite? I, I don't know. I don't know. That is just a, a confusing series. It's going to depend really on two things. We, we've talked about this before, whether Middleton hits his shots. Miritich was in foul trouble last night. They were able to get by because they were blowing him out early. Sterling Brown was hitting his shots. Giannis needs guys to help him out. He can't put everything on his shoulder. He was making ridiculous shots last night. He was, he was tremendous. Um, and on the other flip side, when Kyrie Irving doesn't show up, they just have no shot to the Celtics. So um, this is an interesting series because it's going to have to turn into a grind fest for the Celtics to win. And Kyrie really is going to have to win because we uh, play so well. Because, Blackjack, we talked about this a lot also 
if Kyrie doesn't score, where does the scoring come from in Boston? That's that's their problem. They go in lulls where they yeah. just can't score. Yeah, they struggle. And we talked about this today on our new Sirius XM show, Channel 87, uh, 9 to 11 a.m. every weekday. Uh, it's called the Action Network on Sirius XM. Real original name, Chad. Uh, but Paul and I host that show every day, and we had uh, Worldwide Wob, Rob Perez, on today, and he said something really interesting about this series. He picks the Celtics to win it, um, and the reason being he doesn't see the Bucks making any adjustments whatsoever, and I kind of agree with him because when we talked about this series last week, I think we both thought that Giannis was going to have to become more of a facilitator because Brad Stevens' defense is going to be keyed in on him and focused on taking him out of his game. And last night, even though the Bucks won big, Giannis didn't play any differently than he did in game one. Mm-mm. So that led Rob to believe that they're just not going to adjust. They're just going to try to do what they do and be better than Boston. Yeah. And Boston with Brad Stevens and the defense they play could be a very tough out. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I understand what Rob is saying. He's basically saying, listen, they're going to sag, let them hit their threes, let them hit their really tough shots, and if they can pull it off four out of the seven games, tip your hat to them. And he's basically saying, I don't think it's going to happen. And that he, he, he thinks that Kyrie can have uh, two or three games where he carries the team. Boston's going to have to win a game where Kyrie's going to be off to win this series. This is the bottom line. Just like Milwaukee's going to have to win a game when Giannis is off one night. Um, someone's going to have to step up. Either it's a Middleton for Milwaukee, um, whether it's a Jalen Brown for Boston. Tatum. Somebody is going to have to put up 25-30, one of those guys, and is going to have to win a game because Kyrie and Giannis just can't win it every night, or maybe they can. We'll see. Does Gordon Hayward have it in him? Gordon Hayward, he's been toast for about a year and a half. Two years. All right. He, he, so, give I, me your pick. so give me your pick in the series. Who wins it now? It's 1-1 going back to Boston. I, I'd pick the C's. Wow, look at you going Celtics. All right. All right. Let's move out west. Last night we had game two in Golden State, Warriors-Rockets. A lot of people have called this the de facto NBA Finals. I don't know. I, I kind of think the Rockets secretly stink. Um, <laughs> they're not the team they were last year when they lost to Golden State. They're worse this year. Golden State might be better. I don't know. That team never seems to take a step back. Uh, everything went Houston's way for a second game in a row. In both of these games on the road, they shot a higher percentage from the field. They made more threes, and they attempted and made more free throws and they lost both games. What has to happen for this team to win? I mean, Steph Curry dislocates a finger last night, shoots 3 of 13 from 3. 3 of 13. And the Rockets still lose, don't even cover the number. What has to happen for them to steal a game? Well, it was a lucky cover now, let's be honest. It was. If you had had Houston in both those games, you're on the right side. Um, That's... A tremendous question. Um, James Harden gets poked in the eye. He goes in. His eyeball's bleeding. Then Steph Curry dislocates his finger. Then Kevin Durant falls down in his tailbone. He just like act like he got shot by John Wayne. I think I, it was his coccyx. I, I just don't get these NBA players anymore. It's really tough to watch. Um, they flop on everything. Chris Paul might be the best flopper I've ever seen in my life when it comes to getting fouls. And you know what? Golden State's doing very well. Uh, they are 
forcing the ball out of Chris Paul's hand into Harden's hand, and Harden's starting the offense at nine, eight seconds, and Chris Paul is taking long three three-point shots. He is not a three-point shooter, never has been. He's turned into one because he plays for that joke of D'Antoni, and he's a guy that wants to be in the lane and float. Whenever Harden is off the floor, the pick and roll with him and Capella is great. And whenever – to me, it's just right now they're just they're so discombobulated. And last year they weren't. And when Chris Paul pulled his hamstring, it was over. And I have a feeling, like I told you before, that D'Antoni is jinxed. He had Joe Johnson with all the boys. He broke his nose. Phoenix out. Then they had a chance to beat the Spurs. They were going to win the championship. Robert Ory decided to throw Steve Nash underneath the thing. Stoudemire came off the bench. They suspended him. I think D'Antoni stinks as a coach, and he's jinxed. All right. That was a lot there. You're not sticking by your fellow I just, Italian? I'm just telling you. Like, the Lakers didn't get better when he had nothing. When the guy has – he had Steve Nash in the prime, Stoudemire, Joe Johnson. You want me to keep going? The guys he had at the Suns, he had all these guys in their prime. He's had all these guys in the primes with Houston, and where is he gone? When he went to the Lakers in, 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 in the Knicks and he had nobody, what happened? Well, I think the problem is, is that D'Antoni's offense is a great regular season offense. It's not built for the playoffs. You can't play defense. I mean, it's just not. Offense. That when you watch James Harden, and you, you keyed on it a second ago, when James Harden is the primary ball handler, he will just hold the ball out around half court until eight or nine seconds, and then he will attempt to drive with it until he either pulls up for a three or makes one pass to someone who then has to put the ball in the air immediately, and it's just not an efficient offense. He tried to box somebody out last night and didn't grab the ball. Like, just grab it, bro. It's, it's called a rebound. You know that Torian Prince thing? How did Yale get more rebounds than you? Um, well, they just went up. And they grabbed it, and they got more than us. And I'm like, hey, James, grab the rebound. Like, him and Eric Gordon, like, uh, if they played defense, it would be sick half the time. They are allergic to defense. They don't even know if they, ha- they know how to play defense. And, I, and listen to me. I went to Arizona State. I love James Harden. He's one of the worst defenders in the league. Yeah, I mean, well. I, it's I not think even a, close. I think a lot of it's effort. I don't know. NBA players just don't 100%. seem to care. He doesn't care. He wants to put up his 50. And then when it comes to playoff time, he gets the handkerchief around his neck. Okay. It's been that way since college. He did right, in the so 316, too. How many games does Houston win in this series? I give him one. Yep, I'm with you. I think they win game four, and Golden State closes this out in five. They stink. Sorry. The crazy part is, is what happens when it hasn't even happened yet until you know, Curry and Durant both go off. Yeah, I mean, Curry's been quiet in this series. He has not had a, ga- a great first two games. He hasn't. His under- and Clay had a nice night last night, but you still haven't gotten one of those games from Clay where everything falls. No, but he still was better last night. The one thing about Clay, he plays some defense. Yeah, he I mean, actually- well, they're a long team, too. I mean, Durant will play some defense when he wants to. Iguodala. And by the way, Iguodala. We, we can keep on going on about this and that, but if it wasn't for Austin Rivers and... and uh, Eric Gordon. Eric, well, Eric a little bit, but Austin Rivers... Austin Rivers kept them in that game in the Kept first them half. in the game in the second quarter yeah. when, 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 14, Pop, when Popeye had to go in with a bloody eye. 14... <laughs> Did you just call him Popeye? Come on, bro. Poked in the eye, you're out for 88 minutes. Uh, Rivers, but yet, but, but yet he's crossing guys over a, a minute later. He had 14 points that were a couple of really big baskets at the end of the first and into the second quarter that kept Houston alive in that game. So, yeah, you're right about Austin Rivers. Um, all right, so we're on the same page there. The last series in the NBA, Denver and Portland, game two tonight, uh, Wednesday night. That series right now, one nothing Denver. 
I don't see how Portland can really hang in this series. I think Jokic is just on another level, mm-hmm. and Portland's got nothing that can remotely slow him down. I know they remotely can't slow him down, but you know, with Lillard and McCollum, they, they have enough offensive where I think they can win a couple games. But wow, he is an animal inside. He's a beast. Um, Cantor does not look healthy. He's, he's not. He's not. He's grabbed his shoulder a couple times. Um, and Jokic, I think. It's just taking the pounding. And here's the other part about this is the Denver's doing a great job. Jamal Murray, by the way, is playing phenomenal yep. basketball. And they keep pick and rolling on McCollum and Lillard. And I'm telling you right now, those picks by Jokic got to be taking their toll. And they're wearing them down, wearing them down. And Murray has been hitting that nice little 14, 15-footer where he's dumping it down to Jokic, who, by the way, is the best big man passer in the game. I said this before, reminds me of Sabonis back in the day. He's a monster. This guy is a monster and he's tough to deal with. I'm with you. I just think Lillard, because he's so talented, will get a couple games. It's tough to win in Portland, but Denver's going to be tough to handle. And then tonight they're going to be tough to handle too. Yeah, I mean, I, I just. And if Cantor gets hurt, they're in real trouble. The, they, the depth on Denver, Portland just can't compete with. I mean, you mentioned Jamal Murray, Gary Harris has played well. Paul Millsap has played surprisingly well. He really has. Well. He really has played the, great. So, I, I mean, I just think Denver, I think it's another five-game series, and then Denver goes to Golden State and gets swept. You think so? Golden State killed them this year. Killed them. Okay. That's it. You can't. There's nobody. Paul, let me ask you right now. If I gave you $1,000 okay, let me ask you right free, now. At the beginning of this playoffs, everybody thought Denver was the Jewish play. Everybody. I'll go back and in. We thought we knew you were. You weren't a playoff team. I'll go back to every tweet. Meanwhile, they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they are. But at the end of the day, Paul, if I hand you $1,000 right now to bet on who's going to win the NBA Finals, are you putting a dollar no. anywhere other than Golden State? No, because Kevin Durant and, 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 and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they play in one place. Sorry. Yeah, that's my point. And it's the same way. I'm not going to put money so on Joel Embiid and Redick. Yes, Redick. He sucks. All right, so basically... So you're telling me their starting five is better than that starting five? Paul, shut the fuck up! You're putting your money on... Basically, we just wasted 15 minutes of your time... you're putting your money on Philadelphia. Because the NBA doesn't matter, Golden State's going to win the title. So you're telling me you'd rather put your money on Philadelphia to win it all rather than Denver. I'm asking you a question. No, I would put it on Golden State. You want me to say I was wrong about the Sixers? Fine, I was wrong. There, are you happy? My favorite player on the Sixers is TJ McConnell. He doesn't even play. We have spent every waking minute together for quite a while. I think it's showing. Yeah, it is. You need to trim that. Trim that. Beard. You want to do it for me? You want me to? Yeah. yeah. We'll take a video of it. Make you look Brooklyn nice, like we do in Brooklyn. I don't, wanna, I don't the, want Brooklyn attached to any part of my name. With the fade, okay? Any Blackjack part. Blackjack Fletcher, Fletcher with the fade. Oh, God. Thoughts on the Stanley Cup? Um, I told you the Blues were going to win. What about the Islanders? They did. They're in a hole. They're in a hole because they've been playing at the Barclays Center. It's a jinx. There's no love. Uh, like, Islander fans are like the Coliseum. They're like been, the building? Yes. They've been through a lot. Weathered. Not weathered. Hold on. A lot of good times. A lot of bad times. Um, but mostly you remember the good times. Okay? So the bad times go away. And I told you, I told you they were going down 0-2. They are the play tonight. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. Uh, it's what, plus 105 for them tonight? I'll tell you uh, what, if they win the next two games, 
they might be a petition to play at the Coliseum. I'm going to join the. I say we start marching outside the Coliseum for them to play. I'll, I'll, you I'll join will a not march. Come. I'll join a march. Oh, listen, I'm always down to protest picketing. anything. What? I'll protest anything. Really? Yeah. I love it. Why not? I'm going to start thinking stuff to protest. Yeah, let's protest some shit. Okay. You know what I want to protest? What? The fact that you can't drink in a New York airport before 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Wait a second. You can't drink before 10 a.m. On a Sunday at Kennedy or LaGuardia. Why is that? They will not sell you alcohol. Did they give you a reason? It's illegal. So now, can you buy alcohol before 10 o'clock in New York? No. You know that. They have blue laws. How the hell do I know that? I don't worry. I'm not, not drinking Canadian whiskey in the morning. Well, I would like to protest that because I think airports are international waters and you should be able to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Okay. You know what my thing is? If I was the president, every single person in this world should have a punch card. Explain. Okay. So once a month, you get to knock somebody out. Once a month. Once a month. That feels like a lot, Paul. No. Think about this now. Think about this. Matt Ford has lost his mind. Okay. Think, think about this. Okay. You have a punch card. This is what your career's come to. Okay? You have this punch card. Producing and it, this shit. We're it's, on, it. it's, on, it's on your phone, and a guy's just an ass to you. And, you, and you're just like sick and tired. I'm like, dude, I got a punch card left. Like, stop. And if he keeps going, keeps going, and you're like, dude, I'm punch carding you. He's got to sit there with his hands behind his back and just take it. But what happens when you're that here's guy? The, here's the thing. You'd stop being assholes to people because you wouldn't be that guy. Because if you got knocked out 30 times in one month, you probably have an issue. Ooh. All right. Am I wrong? Yeah, how about a guy just like runs you over? You get to honk and go, show him your phone. He's got to get out of his car. He gets laid out on the Midtown Tunnel. Everybody's got to wait, and you go around. How do you feel about the purge? Do you also want to implement that as president? <laughs> I'm just telling you that would solve so many problems of douchery. You know, I, normally I wouldn't entertain this, but considering we have President Trump, President Leduc is not that far-fetched. Uh, Jesus. Um, Bruins Blue Jackets? Any thoughts there? 2-1 two, two, Columbus? I, you know what? I, I, I thought Vegas laid the line because I, sometimes I try to relate to sports that I'm I, – I know my hockey a little bit, but I don't know it a ton. I'm going to be honest with you. So I try to relate to what people walk into a sports book. So when you walk into a sports book, it's Columbus against Boston. A lot of people are going to know Boston Bruins. They're not going to know Columbus. And Boston was plus 100 last night. And I even told you this. If they were minus 110, people would have still played Boston. And I knew when Carolina was like, it was like sorry, it was Carolina, right? Carolina, not Columbus, right? It's Columbus. Columbus, I'm sorry. Columbus minus 130? Yes. They were. When they were minus 130, I was like, wow, that's a high 130. Like, they're basically telling you Columbus can win this game, and they did. So, like, I, I thought it was a funky line. That's why I played Columbus. But you know more than me. I mean, does Boston win this series? I think Boston's the better team. I'll be honest okay. with you. I don't get the Columbus thing. Bobrovsky is, is standing on his head. He's which making is, every save, isn't he? Yes. It? I mean, he's stopping everything. Yeah. But I, when you look at it and you break these two teams down, Boston should win this series. I mean, the Bruins, 
honestly, it should be the Bruins and the Islanders in, in the conference finals. That's so what it should be. All the upsets we've had, who, the Bruins, they're the, mo- the most talented team, you think? I think the, the, the two best teams on paper left are Boston and San Jose. St. Louis is right there. I, I love St. Louis, and they've won some grindy games, grind-out games. So, The only reason I don't put St. Louis there is they're, they're bringing out a rookie goaltender. So that, I mean, you don't know how that's going to break down. He's yeah. been great so far, but you know we're, we're not halfway through yet. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, Boston should be there. And the fact that Columbus just keeps winning games is confounding. It's the same thing with Colorado. You got two eight seeds that keep winning games. You have a thesaurus in your house? Perplexing. I haven't seen it. We've been living together, by the way, uh, for all you people out there. I'm waiting for my place to get ready. Uh, And uh, I didn't see a thesaurus in your house, and you're just bringing up these big words. I just, I study it on my phone at night. Um, No, you don't. I I like to. I've seen you at night. You snore. All right. you're right. I don't. Study and it's like it on my seven phone. rooms over. You're right. I don't. It's like seven rooms over. Can Can I, I mean, jump in for one second? Oh, this no. is Matt, the producer of the show. I think people people really want to know what it's been like for you guys to well, live together. Maybe some pluses and minuses. The truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, if we're going to be brutally honest here, is that we've spent half of the time in hotels in the city because uh, we have a radio show on Sirius every day at nine to nine to eleven a.m. Um, so we've spent a mixture of time on Long Island and time in hotels. Um, yeah, because it just our schedules are obviously the same now, and we're doing all this stuff. So like, we've been mix matching where we're staying. So we stayed at the hotel for like two, three nights, so we could get in because we've been doing a lot of stuff on Sirius to try to promote. I will say, uh, Paul is a very pleasant house guest. He's very quiet. He's very clean. Um, very, very hospitable. I bought dinner last night. Uh, you did. Uh, he's he's a very I'm a generous tipper. Pleasant house guest. Uh, that's true. He is a great tipper. One of the things he prides himself on is being a great tipper. He yeah. is. Um, yeah, I mean, he does like to. Uh, he needs to get his sleep. If he doesn't get his sleep, he gets cranky. I'm grumpy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, ha- he also, I have to work out. If I don't work out, he also I'm grumpy. needs his energy drink in the morning, which is called woke AF. That's what it's called. <laughs> Hold on a second. If um, can somebody open up my bag over there? We don't need to go through your your, your suitcase. Well, you can see it if you want, it, just to make sure. Woke AF is is indeed the name of the energy drink. I tell you what, when you take it, you're woke. <laughs> um, we went out the other night with Chris Raybon from the Action Network. Yes, it's true. That was fun. Raybon got after it a little bit. I like I like me some Chris. Chris, he always gets after it. Very sharp uh, NFL player. Had a couple of cocktails. Yep, yep, yeah. we did. The dark beers were hitting a little late. Um, so, all right, let's move on. Uh, Kentucky Derby. Okay. We will be at Belmont Park this yes. Saturday uh, as roommates and uh, best friends. Uh, we, we will I mean, be... it's unreal. Like, I just got invited and you got to sit at my table. No, I got invited. Stephen called me. I work at Belmont. I have like We a didn't tech... get the tickets I... through you. Come out, tell me a second. Rumi, where did we pick up your truck from yesterday, and who put it there? You took it to Belmont Park because I let you use it. And where was it parked? At Belmont Park. Where? Right by the race course. Like, where? right by the track. Where? What do you think in I, ballet. Where do you think I tipped that in the ballet? Huh? I want you to know. Huh? Was this a one-time tip want, or an I'll... everyday tip? Don't insult me, Blackjack. All I want to know is... 
I mean, the truck was parked by the first turn. Like, you could spit to the dirt. I'm trying I, yeah, to say you gave him a few hundred bucks. Give him a hundred. Okay. Um, either take, way. I take care of him because you know why? You got a handicap to handicapper. A lot of jockeys come in through that way. So, like, once every once in a while, you hear anything? Mm-hmm. Pulls it out. Heard about the five horse here. Okay. So you got to catch some here and there. You got to always take care of like the valet guys because they're valet parking the jockeys. All right. And trainers. Good tip. Good, good tip. Take care of the tip. valet guys. Yes. Um, so we will be at Belmont Park on Saturday to watch the Kentucky Derby there. Come uh, join us. In the lap of luxury. Um, let's talk about this race, Paul. What, what are we seeing here? We're a couple of days out. The forecast in Louisville for Saturday is calling for rain right now. Give me the horses that you like to win the race and potentially some long shots to hit the board for some exotics. Well, I, I truly think only five horses can win this race, and it's Omaha Beach, game winner, improbable. Roadster. Roadster, and I, I'm starting to go Tacitus. away from Tacitus a little bit. Here's the thing about Tacitus. Tacitus is a horse that's an East, East Coast-based horse that we don't know what he's really faced. Now, Omaha Beach is a horse that has now beaten two Baffert horses. Um, I don't know how I would put that into terms into another sport, um, but it's insanely hard to do for, to beat two Baffert horses that are going on the Derby Trail. So you have three Baffert horses and a Mandela horse. His main jockey takes Omaha Beach um, and Mike Smith, whom we had on the radio show. and Big he, factor, by the way, Mike big. Smith. Big factor. I mean, the Road Justify last year to the Triple Crown. Guys, guys, ice in his veins. Um, I like Game Winner, but if it rains, uh, I don't think they're going to beat Omaha Beach. I mean, nope. Mike has confirmed. I mean, he he basically told me, and I'll, I'll tell it to everybody. I I don't like hiding tips. I don't like to. He basically told me. He goes, listen, if it rains, I. If I don't run second, I'm running first or second, he basically told me. And, and the horse is a freak over the way. And that's the thing is we, we've seen if you've watched this horse, we gave him to you in the Arkansas Derby a couple of weeks ago as a winner. He won that race. A couple of weeks before that, he wins at the Rebel Stakes. Both of those were on sloppy tracks mm -hmm. in the rain, and he looked outstanding in both. Yes. If, there's, if it's raining at Churchill Downs, it would be foolish not to bet that horse. Game winner? Listen, game winner, was, like it too. game winner was the horse I was on uh, up until the Arkansas Derby. I've loved Game Winner. He's the two-year-old champion, won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, out in Churchill Downs. So he's, he's won at Churchill before. I just think Omaha Beach in this weather with Mike Smith is, is the horse to beat. But I, I can't fault Game Winner. I, I have a future on Game Winner. Mm -hmm. I took him at 6-1 to one, thinking I wasn't going to get better than that. He, I probably won't, but it's closer than I thought. He'll be 4-1. to one, somewhere in that. He's going to be second choice. It depends. If it he doesn't will. rain, he'll be the favorite. If it rains, he's going to be second choice. And here's the thing. His sire, Candy Ride, loved the mud. He's never been over it. So he might like it. You don't know. Uh, so I, I would not dismiss this. But I do think if it rains... They are going to run one, too. I, I really yep. do feel that. I, I, I do feel that. And the other part about this is Richard Mandela is Bill Belichick. Trainer of Omaha Beach. He's Bill Belichick of, of horse racing. He doesn't say a word. I mean, I've tried to do interviews with him. I've been in horse racing for over 15 years now in TV. Um, and I've tried to get – he doesn't say a word. I have never, 
ever in my life heard him speak so much this week about Omaha Beach on how good he's doing. I'm like, where is this coming from? I've never heard Richard talk this much. So if he's talking this much, his horse is doing very well. Now, as far as exotic betting, because there's a lot of value in this race. I mean, you don't have a real prohibitive favorite. There's a lot of value in some exotic bets. Give me a longer, longer shot. I'm not going to say you need to give me 30 to 1 here. Yeah. Give me double digits that you think has a really good chance to hit the board and make your exotic worthwhile. Well, I think the George Weaver runner, Vacoma, who was all over the racetrack in the bluegrass, I get it. He's still very, very green, but I think he's very, very talented. Um, he was looking all over. If you go back and you watch it, look at that replay, his head was cocked towards the side because he was looking at the grandstand. He was all over the place. If he can, like... Sell himself down. I think he's a 20 to 1 shot that can maybe run third or fourth. And then I've mentioned this to you, long range Toddy. Just because if, if they go fast up front, he's got he's a good closer. leg kick and maybe he can suck up second, third, or fourth. I don't think he can win the race because the problem that you have is you have a horse named Maximum Security for Jason Service, who's 5 to 1, who I don't like. It's probably going to land on the front end unless Mike decides to send Omaha Beach. So I think there'll be a quicker pace than people think. And long-range Tony can maybe get in the try or so. But of all the favorites, I think if you're going to play a prop, if you're a prop player, I think you just prop play against maximum security. Yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think maximum security is going to be a real factor in this race other than potentially setting the early pace. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Tacitus at 10-1 to is a good bet to hit the board. I also like by my standards. Yeah, he's Uh, been the hot horse. horse. He's training really well. Um, I think he's got a shot to hit the board as well. Maybe tax. Yeah, Tax is sort of a grinder. You know who I like Tax for? I think Tax might be Super. a I think he might be a Belmont horse. I think he Ooh. wants to run all day long blackjack. Ooh, maybe. And by the way, you got to tune into our show from 9-11 because we are going to have Eddie Olchek on Friday, who's going to be covering the Derby, and we're going to have Baffert on either Friday or Monday to give us the pulse on his horses too. So, um, And also clocker Mike Welsh, who clocks the horses at Churchill Downs, he'll tell you who's doing well. Um, right. He gave me Barbaro a couple years ago. I'll have another very, very sharp clocker. All right. So that's our take on the Kentucky Derby Saturday. If you're going to be at Belmont Park, let us know. We'll be around. Uh, we'd love to see you. Let's, uh, let's segue into story time with Paula Duca. We're talking horse racing. We mentioned Mike Smith came on our radio show, Sirius XM Channel 87, 9 to 11, Monday to Friday. Um, you know Mike Smith personally. Yes. Why don't you tell everyone how you came to meet the Hall of Fame winning jockey, Hall of Fame Triple Crown winning jockey? Uh, so I'm living in, I just got called up by the Dodgers. Um, and I was up and down from 98 to 2000. And I finally got supplanted in 2001. Um, and we were working out at, at a gym uh, that was inside a place called Paseo, which is in Pasadena. And um, I didn't go to work out there. It was my ex wife at the time. She goes to work out um, there in the morning, and she comes back after the workout, and she goes, you're never going to believe who I saw down um, working out. And I'm like, who? She goes, I saw a jockey. I'm like, what did he look like? He's like, well, she gave me his number, da-da-da. He knew he, who you were, this and that. And I look. I'm like, it's Mike Smith. You didn't say hi? She goes, well, yeah, I said hi. And she she said that. I knew that my husband's a fan. Maybe he wants to meet you. So the next day I go down and I end up meeting him. Um, And he's like, hey, why don't you come to the track this Saturday? And I'm telling him, hey, I got a day game. 
Um, I can't. Um, maybe I'll come on another day when I have a night game. It was really hard to go to the racetrack. You either had to go on a Monday or a Thursday. Those were your only really days off, so you can go on a Thursday. So he goes, well, why don't we go do some dinner like on a Tuesday night or I had a day off. So I'm like, okay, no worries. So we go have dinner and we're getting pretty deep into the dinner and we're having a couple pops here and there. And um, we go home that night and that's that. So I get up in the morning and my wife comes back and there's a thing on our door that we got like a major complaint. So we got to go see the super of the building. So I'm like, what is going on here? So I have to go downstairs, and it's like 1.30, and I got to be at the ballpark, and like I'm leaving at 2. And this guy's explaining to me. He's like, hey, um, we've been having problems and issues with you um, late at night and saying you guys have been fighting and having music and parties. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm getting home from the baseball game at 11 and going to bed. I don't know what's going on. Um, so he goes, well, uh, we're just getting complaints. And I'm like, okay, well, I'd like to know – can you tell us who we're getting the plane from? So he said, it's from Adina Cena Franco. And I'm like, Adina Cena Franco. Okay. All right. What's going on with that? Whatever. So now we go out to dinner again and I start putting two and two together. And I'm like, Holy cow. Mike's girlfriend is Dina. Wait, is that real? So I'm like, now I'm not trying like what's going on here. So we go back out to dinner, and we get drunk again. So then I tell my ex-wife, we got to drop the question now. Where do you guys live? And they're like, oh, we live in Paseo. I'm like, yeah, we're in 321. And Dina goes, she hit her head. She goes, oh, my God, we're in 221. We're the ones that reported you and tried to get you evicted. I'm like, you guys should have get me evicted? And he's like, dude, you're coming home late at night celebrating after you win. I'm like, Mike, what are you talking about? He goes, I got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and work these horses, and you're waking me up every night. So then it turned in. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You almost got me evicted out of the place. And then after we ended up knowing that, we started dying laughing, having friends. And then when I would come home after a big win and he couldn't sleep, he would bring up bottles of wine and we didn't end up drinking. And that turned in to him about two weeks later or after we became friends, like four years later, excuse me, telling me. four years. No. Same thing. Two weeks later, he gave me a horse, one, paid eight to one, and then he gave me Giacomo four years later to break his maiden at six to one, and then obviously the $80,000 story. So your, that's your how. greatest that, win. That's how, we, that's how we truly met, and it was like, he got almost tried to get us evicted from the building. Yeah, you had a Hall of Fame, triple crown winning jockey try to get you but evicted the crazy part from is your apartment because you're too damn loud. Hey, listen, man, I had a big home run against Randy. I was getting a little excited. <laughs> All right, so that's story time. Um, not much left for us to cover here, Paul, uh, except what do you want to do for dinner? Let's see. What did uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot once say? I went to Taco Bell for some Mexican eating. We had Mexican last night. Okay. Okay, we'll go Rob Bass. I like the Whopper. You know what to do with the Big Mac. You like fast food. All right. All right, guys. That's been the favorites. Uh, thanks for listening, I guess. Um, it, it's been something. Uh, make sure you you download, subscribe, leave a five-star review. If you leave a five-star review after this, you're a saint. Oh, uh, you. Um, <laughs> you can get us on Apple Podcasts, radio.com slash the Action Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, until next week, love you. Love you.